0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
2: All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Brian McLeod of your Edmonton Oilers first NHL point last night in Montreal. He will join me between 7:30 and 8 to tell you about that feeling. Ryan's two older brothers also play professional hockey, so I want to ask him about growing up in a household full of high-level athletes. He's looking good for the Oilers. He's looking pretty good. Solid down the middle, had a good night in face-offs last night. They're going to need him there. I think he brings more to the lineup than Gaetan Haas, who had been in that role. So the Oilers looking decent for the playoffs. They will play a Winnipeg team that is going in struggling though they are winning tonight one nothing over vancouver after the first period also partway through the third it's 1-1 bruins and capitals lazar and Haglin are the goal scorers in that game yeah and you heard tyson dash talk about it earlier a likely series against the winnipeg jets and goaltending going to be a big part of it mike smith has been excellent this season when it comes to a short series, how is Connor Hellebuck last year's Vesna Trophy going to do for the Jets? But Winnipeg trying to get back in the wind column tonight. Even a point, if they get even a point out of this game, they will indeed be the Oilers' opponent. Edmonton at Montreal tomorrow, that unusual start time. It's a one thirty face face-off show here at 6.30, Shed, And the game is going to start at 3.00. Cam Moon will be uh, on the call tomorrow. Okay. You can get in touch. The email is inside sports at 630 chedcom You can text or call 780-496-0063. The hotline is presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. And you can follow me on Twitter at Reid Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Like Dominique, he is slightly more athletic than I am. We did have Dominique Wilkins on the show a few years ago. He was uh, mildly disinterested to do the interview. I'll have to say. <laughs> it was cool to talk to him, though. All right. Some uh, news today about the Edmonton football team. Well, a lot of news, uh, a lot of updates, and we're going to expand on that as they had their annual general meeting with Chris Presson, who's the president and CEO of the Double E. Chris, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good thanks for making time to talk to us on the show tonight obviously a lot of news with the annual general meeting today and i think a lot of things that i want to get a sense for you as to where we might be headed with but look chris let me dive in today with the club reporting an operating loss of 7.1 million dollars it looks like a pretty scary number when uh, you, you see it and hear it can you sort of provide the context for that number and what it means for the team going forward yeah, I think it is a scary
3: number. I think anytime you lose money, uh, it's scary, and anytime you lose a lot of money, it's uh, even more scary. And unfortunately, there wasn't a lot we could do. Right, we couldn't um, do anything then uh, and beyond what we are what we did, which was to uh, unfortunately eliminate staff and cut our expenses to the bare bones so that we could live to to fight another day. And um, that's the silver lining in all of it is we we did what we had to do to to get to a point to have a season and that's where we are today, but the loss is certainly glaring and uh, hard to swallow.
2: Does this severely limit anything that the team can do moving forward here over the next year or two?
3: Uh, I don't think it necessarily limits it. We're certainly very conservative and very protective of the community's investment, which is this team. And, um, you know, that's the hard part of the job is again, we had to make really tough decisions in may of 2020. And, um, it's those tough decisions that have led us to a point today of losing $7.1 million, but being able to again, fight another day. And, uh, that's what tough decisions, unfortunately, um, that's what they, that's where they lead to in our case. I look at the positive side of it, which is uh, we're in a position where we can play a a 2021
2: season and beyond You referenced, And and you and I've discussed this before that unfortunately some staff members had to be let go in the process of last season with a lot of optimism about games being played this year, or is the double E football team in a position perhaps to hire back some of that staff?
3: Yeah, we've hired a few people uh, recently uh, both on the sales side and uh, operationally as well. And we'll continue to do that as we make our way toward, August 5th. And uh, certainly we won't come back um, to the strength that we once were, but I don't know of any companies that have laid off employees that are bringing everyone back. You know, I think the world has changed significantly and we've all had to learn how to do more with less. And certainly as we move forward, we want to be smart with our money and smart with our people. And we want to make sure again, we're protecting the asset of the community, which is this football team. And we want to position it so that regardless of the situation, we can survive and prosper.
2: So uh, fans want to get back into Commonwealth, see games on the brick field whenever that can happen. Can you give us an update on what's happening with your discussions, parameters with Alberta Health Services and having fans in the stadium when we kick off?
3: Yeah, discussions have been very positive. Certainly uh, this downward turn, Um, in terms of hope related to the positive cases that we've seen the last two weeks has been challenging, but nonetheless still feel very confident of the August 5th start date. You know, one of the things as a league we did not want to do was to come out with a date that uh, appeared to be tone deaf or unrealistic. Certainly August 5th is not tone deaf and I think it is very realistic and we plan to kick off the season at that point, but provincially speaking, the conversations have been very positive. Uh, We do our best to, to, keep, um, them as informed as we can be while understanding they have other pressing matters at the moment. Uh, but again, when they have the time and availability, they're certainly more than happy to have discussions with us and, uh, look at the plans that we're devising to give us some sort of guidance. But with us being a couple of months away from the season, they certainly have more pressing matters right now, which we understand.
2: Yeah. Do you, and again, I realize that there's a lot going on, but just in the context of fans in the stadium, do you get the sense it would be a percentage of the capacity of the stadium as something like that? Or are we still working? I
3: on mean, that? I think it could be Reed. Uh, my, my sense tells me that, um, you know, we may be in a better spot than others. Uh, my sense tells me that, you um, you know we have to be conservative in our approach out of the gate but if we can get this thing under wraps here in the next three or four weeks i feel good about where we are not just with the percentage being uh, fairly substantial but uh you know finishing the season where uh we're certainly in a safety net position by having very few restrictions so i think um again more to come on that as we see how this uh This attempt at bending the curve will go again in the next three or four weeks. And I think that's an important piece to what we're doing, which is why, you know, I'm certainly one for personal choice, but I made the choice to get vaccinated. I'm hoping that others will as well, because if we can get that done and create a bit of herd immunity, that's certainly going to enhance our chances of not only having a season, but playing that full 14 games.
2: Has there been any discussion around that a fan would, would have to show proof of vaccination to attend a double E game or a CFL game in general? I think that's a big challenge.
3: Um, you know, I think when you look at the human rights component of where we are within life today, I think that would, that would, um, be a, uh, that would be a hard challenge. I, I don't know that that's overcomeable. Un- overcomable, but again, I'm not an attorney and I'm trying to play one right now. Um, uh, but I would suggest that I hope we don't even have to have that discussion Because I hope we're to a point here in the next two and a half months where um, what the province has done and what they're doing and what the country as a whole is doing will have bent the curve enough and enough people have been vaccinated that we won't have to have any sort of discussion around that. So I think we're we're too far uh, from a kickoff and we're too far from the unknown to really know at that time
2: what we're going to be dealing with. Chris Preston, president and CEO of the double E football team joining us tonight on inside sports. They had their AGM this morning. We're discussing the uh, team's financial situation and uh, some discussion around uh, the 2021 season as well. When do you think the schedule is going to come out? I mean, you've mentioned August 5th, they've said 14 games. A lot of people want to see how that calendar is exactly going to look. Where are we at there?
3: Yeah, I think we're, uh, I don't think we're making progress for sure. Uh, We've had a couple of renditions at this point and uh, certainly everyone has varying opinions and the schedule maker has a very hard job as uh, he tries to maneuver uh, the wants and needs of every team, which is an impossibility. So that being said, you know, what we saw in draft one compared to draft two, there were substantial changes, some good, some bad. And uh, we've asked for uh, some other considerations as has every other team. So I would suspect. Um, in the next week and a half, we'll have uh, a final version internally to look at. And I would hope that, um, you know, the week after that, maybe we could push something out. But that's my opinion. That's not anything that the league has told us. Again, I, I know they're working diligently on it, on it and that, that would be my opinion. Is it, We're probably two and a half weeks away.
2: I, I got to hand it to uh, Marshall Ferguson, who covers the Canadian Football League, who posted on social media in the last couple of days that... The logo we last saw the double use when they played in 2019 is not the same one that's currently displayed on your website, on our social media. I got to hand it to him because I hadn't looked that closely. Um, Tell me a little bit about that decision. And of course I have to ask if it, if it any way it's tied into the new upcoming name.
3: Yeah, I would tell you this. uh, We're probably about 80 to 85% of the way toward uh, being able to announce our new na- name and present new logos. And uh, that being said, it doesn't necessarily tie to anything that we're currently doing or that we're thinking. Um, again, it's been a, a long and arduous process that and not everybody will understand. And um, again, it takes a, a lot to do this. And when you have a, a history of 100 plus years to, to go in and, and change a name and then change a brand along with that while keeping your former double E is uh that's a tall task. And so I just thank everyone for their patience as well. And certainly it is coming. We'll have it obviously before August 5th, but we have a process in place. We're sticking to it. And again, we're about 85% there.
2: Okay. So when you say before August 5th, and if I were to try to nail you down to a more specific time <laughs> window, would I be successful? You <laughs> wouldn't be successful. I'm uh, certainly hopeful that it will be closer to,
3: um, sooner than later how's that but i uh, reserve the right for it to be as late as august 1 um, but i think we'll have something again in relative terms um relatively soon <laughs> again we're we're about 85 percent there and we've been going at this for about eight months now okay all right well that,
2: that's that's fair enough well chris we appreciate th- this update there, there's obviously a lot to talk about and uh, i i know there are some tough things we have to talk about, but I, I do hear a lot of optimism for a 2021 season as well. Before I let you go, did, did I miss anything important or anything else you just want Double E fans to hear tonight? No, I,
3: I just would say again, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, it's clear we cannot do without you, and we need you now more than ever. When you're coming out of the the situation that, that we are, you see the loss that we sustained, and you know we made tough decisions. Those tough decisions were made for you and with you in mind and for the future. And uh, we're just looking forward to getting back in the stands and seeing everyone once again.
2: Well, Chris, we really appreciate your time tonight. All the best. And I'm sure we'll talk down the road. Thanks Reed. That is Chris press and president and CEO of the Edmonton football team. So they're working through a schedule. They've seen a draft already. Teams wanted some changes. That usually happens. Well, that always happens with the CFL schedule. By the way, the NFL schedule is coming out tomorrow. And we will get a team name. (laughs) He would not give me a time frame. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Well, he said they're about 85% of the way through the process. I think it's going to be Elk, Elks, or Energy. I know that Energy wasn't on that list of seven names that they put out a couple of months ago. but uh it's my belief that it's back in the mix i think it's going to be elk elks or energy obviously the double e is staying and yeah go look at what marshall ferguson tweeted out it was either yesterday or the day before and you'll see that the double e logo looks a little different now that could also just be a placeholder logo that doesn't mean they're going to that logo and from my past conversations with chris and from what the team is doing here, that you think it's going to be something fairly extensive, there's very likely going to be some sort of other logo associated with the team besides the double E. So maybe that stays on the helmets, and we have something else that is used in advertising, in promotion, on maybe the, the you know shoulders of jerseys, pants. T-shirts that are sold. Who knows, or who knows? Maybe that's the new logo on the helmet, and then the double E becomes sort of uh, some secondary logo. They've said they're keeping the double E. They didn't necessarily say it's going to be the primary mark. So, a lot to consider there. But I I think it's going to be Elk, Elks, and I think Energy is back in the mix. Express was one I always liked. Doesn't seem like it's a finalist. I'm fine with Elk or Elks, quite frankly. I I think Elk sounds better. I know a lot of people like. uh, elk's better but and that does throw back to the history of the team because there there was a team back in the day called the Edmonton Elk. Anyway, something else to keep an eye on. We're going to take a quick timeout. It is 7:20. It is Inside Sports on Chat. Here is some classic Van Halen. Oh, who am I kidding? It's all classic. With it I I Yesterday, I was on YouTube, and you know how if you, when you use your whatever account these days, you get suggestions based on other things you have watched in the past, and it may surprise you to learn that sometimes I may go down memory lane and watch a music video from my youth on YouTube. You can find everything there. So I no longer have to wait for Terry David Mulligan on Good Rockin' Tonight or Stu Jeffries on Video Hits. Did you have any of these shows, Kellen? You're still young for those. those.
0: I'm too young for those, but uh, I watched much music a lot growing up, and so much music had the VJs. I grew up during the VJ era, era, so uh, Master P was one guy that was uh, pretty awesome to watch. Um, So anyway, because of
2: my searches in the past, I assume, this video was suggested to me on YouTube – and it was a full Van Halen concert from Montreal when they were touring for 1984. Cool. So it was pretty late. So I, I watched the first couple of minutes, but it appears it, it's not high quality video. It's what you would expect from the eighties. And the camera was probably the size of a small car. Mm-hmm. That, it was, it was, it wasn't somebody filming it on their phone, obviously. Uh, but th- there it was, uh, David Lee Roth, uh, the Van Halen brothers, Michael Anthony on bass in Montreal, and I couldn't tell. It might have been an outdoor concert. I, I couldn't tell if maybe if it was at the the Big O or it was in the Montreal Forum. I'll, I'll go back and watch it. But the first song they did was Unchained, and David Lee Roth was wearing one of those big robes and the colorful pants and all that kind of stuff. So, anyway, that was that was found on YouTube. Maybe that'll be another segment we do. Well, one segment we do do that is extremely popular is name the animal. And we're going to do that before 8 o'clock tonight. The Jets are leading the Canucks 3 nothing with seven minutes left in the second period. So looking more and more like they're going to nail down 30. 30- tonight and be the Oilers first round opponent and speaking of the Oilers the guy who got his first NHL point last night Ryan McLeod is atlanta 3-2 in the top of the eighth five minutes left in the second period jets up three nothing on the canucks connor wheeler and shifley have scored for the jets in that one and the capitals beating boston boston holding out a ton of their players tonight curtis lazar had their only goal capitals beat boston 2-1 it is the oilers And the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow on 6.30 Jet. Looks like it's going to be the Oilers and uh, Jets in the first round if the Jets hold on to win tonight. So that would mean Leafs and Canadians would go at it. How about that? So the Oilers and the Jets would play each other for the first time since 1990. And that was a memorable series. Much better memory for Oilers fans. That was the one where the Jets went up three games to one, came back to... What would have been at that time? Northland's Coliseum for game five. And Bill Ranford made a big save on a breakaway to keep the Oilers in the game. Dale Howartchuk had the breakaway. And the Oilers win game five, win game six, and win game seven, coming back from 3 nothing down. And they go on to win the Stanley Cup. The previous, or from 3-1 down, the previous year, the Oilers had blown a 3-1 lead. to Wayne Gretzky, Kelly Rudy, and uh, the Los Angeles Kings. That is the most recent time the Oilers Won the Stanley Cup. Leafs and Canadians. They would play for the first time since (laughs) 1979. When I was just a young lad living in Alder Flats at that time. And they had also played in 1978. And the Canadians had swept them. Both times. Canadians uh, won the semifinal series four straight in 1978. They played in the quarterfinals in 1975. The Canadians won that four in a row and they went on to win the Stanley Cup both years. So that would be a pretty cool matchup to see Toronto and Montreal go head to head. And of course, Oilers and Jets would uh, add a little bit of fuel to that rivalry too. Good stuff. And one guy likely to be a part of it. Got his first point last night from the Edmonton Oilers. Checking in, it is Ryan McLeod. Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing very well. First point in the National Hockey
1: League. Tell me about that play and about the feeling. <laughs> yeah, you know it's a. Uh, it was obviously you know really un- like unbelievable feeling. Uh, I mean it was kind of just kind of got to the front of that puck went off my skate right to Neil back door and, you know he's a like, great goal scorer and he just you know made a good play and put it in the net so. Um, you know, it was, it was a really good feeling. Uh, you know, everyone was super happy. So, and I was, you know,
2: really happy. So it was good. Uh, did somebody grab the puck? Do you have the puck? Yeah, they, they did. So it's been good. What's it been like playing with Neil and, and Chase on, you know, you're playing your first few games in the NHL. They've been around a little bit longer. What's it like playing with them?
1: Uh, it's, it's been great. I mean, they're, they're both, uh, you know, very great players. And they've been in the league for a while. And, uh, you know, they've been helping me kind of you know, through the growing pains of it and they've been you know teaching me and you know kind of just working with me and you know not being too hard on me so it's been a lot of fun to you know kind of build play with them
2: you had a really good night in the face-off circle last night i think you were 75 percent what's the difference for you taking face-offs in the nhl from the ahl have you found it a pretty big step up in what guys can do
1: yeah i mean there's you know a lot of great uh you know face-off guys and you know they're a lot stronger here it's uh it's been a good test, and I think I've been doing pretty good so far. Um, and obviously I am clean up a bit more, but uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, You know, getting it out with some of the you know, cool players and the, like the better players in the league that you're gonna, you watch on TV. Yeah. How's it been just fitting in with uh, with
2: the team? I know most of the guys you, you would have met before, or some of them you would have even had as teammates with the Condors, but you came up to the team mid-season. They were pushing to nail down a playoff spot. How was it for you fitting in with everybody?
1: It's been good. Uh, You know, they've all been, you know, super welcoming and it's been a lot of fun. I think they have a, you know, really tight group here and, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a really good time.
2: All right, Ryan McLeod joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Got his first point last night as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Speaking of points, you got to be in the game on Saturday when McDavid got to 100. He didn't talk about it a lot. It seemed like the rest of the team was... Pretty excited for him, uh, him to get there, and wanted him to get there. What was
1: the build-up like for you guys? Yeah, it's uh, a pretty, you know, incredible thing to be a part of. I mean, it's you know one of those seasons that'll go down as you know like one of the most impressive, in, you know, in history, uh, it's unbelievable being a part of it. He's obviously a super social player, and uh, you know, whole team was you know super fired up, and I mean, it was kind of getting excited in the last couple of games, doing you know you thought you had a chance at it, and. Just seeing how uh, you know how uh, just how well he was playing, uh, you know how he was so determined to kind of you know get our team into the playoffs and uh, you know get, hit that century mark. All right, you're an interesting story
2: because you come from a hockey-playing family, which isn't unique in Canada, but I think it is unique to have three sons all playing uh, pro hockey. So, you know, what what was it like growing up in in that environment where uh,
1: all three of you guys were high-level players? <laughs> yeah, it was great growing up. Uh, you know, a lot of competition, uh, you know, a lot of hockey, you know, going around the house, a lot of other sports. And so it was, uh, you know, really kind of I think helped me, you know, being able to kind of have two brothers, to like, always, you know, go, you know, play basketball or hockey with. But uh, kind of getting outside and getting, you know, competitive, it was uh, it's a lot of fun growing up. Oh, basketball too, eh? Oh, yeah. Big, big ball family. <laughs> <laughs> okay. who, who do, Did that come from one of your parents or, or where did that interest come from? Uh, I mean, my parents were, you know, both, uh, you know, super athletic too. They kind of just played whatever, but I think kind of just growing up, uh, we kind of liked it and, uh, you know, we had a couple nets, so it's uh, a lot of fun.
2: All right. So who did you look up to the most as a kid? Was it NHL players or NBA players?
1: Oh, yeah. NHL. I mean, I wasn't, you know, that big of a fan of basketball, just enjoy playing it. All right. And what NHLers were the guys that you really admired when you were growing up? Uh, I mean, like Sid and stuff is obviously, you know, really cool to watch growing up. Uh, I'd probably just put him as number one.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, tell me a little bit about now
2: just playing out these final two regular season games. Do you already feel excited about the playoffs, or are you trying not to look that far ahead?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, super excited. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can kind of gear up with the last two games and kind of get uh, you know dialed in for it. I mean, uh, it's been a lot of fun playing the regular season, and and uh, you know, hopefully, we can keep going in the playoffs. Okay. Well, Ryan,
2: it's been good watching you make an impact with the team. And I also want to ask you just one more about that because you came up from Bakersfield, and there's a lot of guys who were Condors in the last one, two, three seasons who are now playing with the Orthers. Just tell me about why the Condors have been successful, not just winning, but sending guys up to the NHL in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I think it kind of starts with... uh... You know, obviously, Jay Woodcroft down there, he's, he's a really, you know, really great coach and uh, you know, kind of helps us you know, develop our games. And uh, he's like pretty strict on us with uh, in developing, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun to kind of go down there and play with him. And you know, he's, he's a super honest guy and he's a super he's a, you know, great uh, teacher, so it's been a, a lot of fun there. And then you also have um, you know, the older guys there on the team, like Brad Malone is our captain, he's uh, you know, he's an unreal guy and you know, he's super uh, you know, helpful and um, like yeah you know really raises the compete level every day in practice so it's uh it's been a lot of fun to be down there and uh i'm sure we'll see a bunch more of those guys come up here
2: okay right on
1: ryan well again congratulations
2: on the first nhl point look forward to the first nhl goal i got a feeling that's coming soon thanks for hopping on inside sports tonight Uh, thank you so much That is Ryan McLeod from your Edmonton Oilers checking in from Montreal. He's looking good. Got a point last night and I think a big part of the Oilers future and you're still going to see some players coming up Dylan Holloway, Philip Broberg just to name a couple but the main focus, what's going on now? Who are the Oilers going to play in the postseason? How deep can they go? 3 nothing Jets leading Vancouver. That is now after two periods as Winnipeg tries to nail down third, meaning that they would face the Oilers in the first round. Yeah, good luck for uh, McLeod so far, making an impact, playing with a couple of veteran players Uh, Got decent size. Certainly can skate. He's been a little up and down in the face-off circle, as you might expect. But a good night last night. He went six for eight, and uh, they had some scoring chances. James Neal scored, and they had a pretty uh, good overnight uh, night overall, I would think. Okay. Oh my! Are we gonna do it, Kellen? We haven't done it in a couple weeks. We haven't done it in a couple weeks. We're gonna do it when we get back. Yeah, we're we're gonna do. uh, We're gonna do a, a little segment we call "Name the Animal." This was actually inspired. Well, you know what? If the double E football team wasn't changing its name, I don't know if we ever would have done this. But when we were talking last fall, I don't even know when it was. I think it was in the fall we started. I think you're Um, right. Yeah. Maybe it was in December, which, well, I guess that's still technically the fall that we, uh, you played the sound of an elk because we had an elk expert on the show Mm -hmm. because that might be the team name elk or elks. And we wanted to find out more about, uh, the elk as an animal. Are, are they aggressive? Are they are they mean? Are they, is it a fitting name for a football team? And you played an elk noise, and I didn't realize that's what an elk sounded like. So because mm-hmm. of that, we do name the animal. So Kellen's going to go pull an animal right now out of the 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary. I'm not pulling an studio. animal.
0: I'm gently removing it from its yeah, cage. Yeah, you're leading it. it. You're- I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg.
2: Leading the animal into your studio and it's going to make a noise for me and i'll have to guess what it is so it's right. coming up Casting and Chris Russell out of action for the Oilers. They are skating back here in Edmonton while the Oilers get ready to play in Montreal tomorrow. 1.30 face-off show here on 6.30 Chad. The game will start at 3 o'clock so Bob will have an abbreviated version of Oilers now before the game. I'll have an abbreviated version of Inside Sports after the game. Probably go from 7 to 8 but we'll still be talking about the game quite a bit. Mike Smith, uh, uh, always uh, well-spoken and informative media availability today. He was asked about playing behind Adam Larson.
1: Yeah, Lars is a dream to play in behind. To be honest, he's he's such a competitor on the ice. He's such a he has such an unbelievable personality off the ice, and uh, he's just a guy that you know he'll do anything to win. And um, that's the kind of guys you want, you know, you want on your team. And obviously, you're you don't usually have six of them, but um, you know, Lars is a special player for us. I think he's just, you know, from my time being here, he's improved. You know dramatically over the course of the last two years and really uh you know been a big corning, uh, cornerstone for us on the on the blue line so um he's a guy that works extremely hard at it and uh, like i said we'll do anything to help the team win and um huge part of our decor all right, a little bit
2: there from uh, Mike Smith, really singing the praises of Adam Larson, who's having a good season. Kelly Rudy brought it up in the last hour of the show. He, he thought maybe McDavid shouldn't have even gone on this road trip to Montreal. Rob and I have been asked about that a lot after games. Do you sit out McDavid, dry, subtle, nurse? Did you give them a bit of a break here? Uh, While well, they didn't get a break, uh, Smith got a break last night. Everybody else played. McDavid played a little bit less than usual. Uh, Tippett was asked again today, uh, what's going on? Are you going to ask some guys to sit out one or both of these last two games?
0: I'm not asking anybody to sit out, so we dictate our lineup, and uh, you know there might be conversations that somebody has a bump here, a bump there or whatever, but that you that you want to make sure is all right, but we're not we're not soliciting people to sit out. that's uh, that's not what we're what we're doing here. We want people to keep playing. We want to keep rhythm of our group and uh, you know in a game, you can manage minutes and you can manage some situations, but 're we're, uh, we're, we're not out there saying, "Would you like to play? Would you not like to play?" There's, there's some situations where we might take a guy out because of a, an injury situation or that, but for the most part, we, we'd like to keep the rhythm in our lineup.
2: He's used that word a lot, keeping the rhythm in the lineup. So that seems to be a big concern here for Dave Tippett, just to kind of keep everybody going, but maybe just altering their usage in game. We'll see. I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl, all the big guys on the road trip. I expect them to play tomorrow. Could Saturday's game be handled a little differently when it's actually down to that last game of the season against the Canucks? possibly you know Tippett's kind of kept his cards close to his chest in a lot of situations this year and has just uh, sort of told us what we need to know as it's happening but uh I think for the most part the players do want to play they want to be out there and and uh and keeping going and getting in shape for the postseason okay well I always look forward to this as I'm sure many of you do it's probably the most popular animal related segment on Inside Sports. We haven't interviewed a horse yet. We get to get that Kentucky Derby horse. I model. was gonna say <laughs> maybe we could get some get some drugs or something. Uh, <laughs> too soon?
0: <laughs> never. Just, no, no, no. That never just, uh, never too soon for
2: that. It's uh it's it's running in the preakness, is it not?
0: I haven't seen that far. I've just been, I've been trying to catch up on the fallout for the weekend, honestly with that, but uh, uh,
2: yeah, Medina spirit allowed to enter the upcoming Preakness stake race with conditions, despite having tested positive for a restricted drug after the victory in the Kentucky Derby. So there you go. That's already on uh, that's already on Saturday. Mm. So again, kids don't do drugs unless you're a racehorse Cause you'll win the Kentucky Derby. I'm going to get that on a t-shirt. Okay. So here's the segment. We have the 630 shed Animal Sanctuary. Kellen goes into the sanctuary because Kellen is at one with the animals. He can just sort of really relate to them, calm them down. Mm. He either brings the animal back into the studio. I made it sound like you would lead the animal back into the studio. Some of them are too mm. big or a little too clumsy. So you either bring it back or you record the, it's, its sound, its language, and then you play that sound for me and I have to guess the animal. We've probably done this eight to ten times now. The only time I have guessed the animal on the first try was the walrus. I've gotten a couple others, I think, on second and third try. Usually, I have to make multiple guesses, and you have to keep giving me hints until uh, it's obvious. Now, if if people are participating in this, sometimes when someone hears a sound, they text in to try to help me. I don't know if anybody's ever called in. This is not a this is not a listener contest. <laughs> This is not really a contest at all. It's just a, a, a segment that we do, uh, really, because we like doing dumb things. I mean, feel so, free to
0: play along at home, folks, if you want. Well, definitely, like
2: gather gather the family around the radio and see who can guess it first. Yeah, absolutely, I, I do. I do think this is uh, it, it's just something that's really heartwarming <laughs> and entertaining. So that's how it works. Kellen's going to play the sound of an animal. I have no idea what it is. This is The only thing we plan ahead of time is that I will text Kellen and say we should do name the animal tonight. Mm-hmm. And he gets the animal. That's the only planning. I have no idea what it's going to be. And here we go.
0: All right. Here we go. It's a squirrel. It is
2: not. Is it a rodent? It is not a rodent. Okay. <laughs> Is it an insect?
0: It is not an insect.
2: Oh, well, now I'm lost. Okay. Is it a bird? I always ask if it's a bird. No,
0: and it's not a bird. Yes.
2: No. It's not, it's not a bird either. It's it not is. a rodent. It's not an insect. I'm running out of ha- Do you think I've ever seen one of these in person in my life? Maybe at a zoo. Okay, so it is not native to Alberta. Is it a, is it a dangerous animal? Uh, it could be. It could be a dangerous animal. Very little help. Kellen is being quite mysterious here. That's uh, quite a, Is it larger than a... Uh, is it
0: larger than a German shepherd? Uh, it can be. I got the baby version of it right now. Is it, is it an anteater? It is not. Is it an aardvark?
2: It is not. So it's, a, it's approximately dog size then. Medium to large dog size. Yes. Is it a mammal? Yes. So it's a land, it's a land animal then.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Oh my goodness. What the heck would it be? Uh, So it has hair or fur.
0: Mm -hmm. My God. And it might be dangerous, but you're not sure. Uh, People have been known to domesticate these. Not very well, but they have been domesticated. Is it is it a, f- a feline type thing? It is a feline type thing. Yes.
2: Okay. Well, we had bobcat once, so you didn't do bobcat again. Is it? It's not a cougar. It is not a cougar. Some. Is it a lynx? No. I. Th- we're running out of time. you got to give mm. me a really big hint that hopefully gives it away.
0: It's from Africa.
2: Is it? Is it a wildebeest? It is not a wildebeest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is is it a cheetah? It is not a cheetah. It is uh, a, a jaguar. It, it, um, I, I can give you the is it general. A leopard? Uh, no, it is not. You got to tell me what it is. It is a me. it is a type of African wildcat. This is a caracal.
2: Oh, wow. I don't ever I don't know what that is. That's a good one. You totally stumped me. This is a baby I, caracal. It's, 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 spell that. I got to look up this animal so I can see what it looks
0: like. C-A-R-A-C-A-L. Oh, Caracal. Caracal, yes. All right. Well, there you go, everybody.
2: If you didn't learn anything else from Inside Sports tonight, you learned that what a Caracal sounds like and that I have uh, very little other knowledge of this animal. I will now Google it. I hope you will as well. Let's make Caracal trending on Google through its search engine tonight. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in, Dave But that, that animal just ain't going away. Uh, <laughs> Steve Campbell is the producer of the show. He has nothing to do with name the animal, though, and I think he's happy to distance himself from that. Go to 630Ched.com to get more on the double E football team and their AGM. We did have Chris Preston, the president of the team, on the show. I will talk to you at 1.30 tomorrow for the face-off show. Oilers and Habs are on at 3. Have a wonderful evening.
0: 630 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6
2: on 630 Chad.